We are back with our teaching in the book of Revelation. Now, the last time we were here, we were talking about in chapter 17, the destruction of ecclesiastical Babylon. When we say ecclesiastical, it basically means the one world religious system. And this is what was, ta was talked about as the great harlot that rode the back of the beast. And the idea basically was this one world religious system was in some way influencing religious power in the kingdom of the Antichrist. However, the Antichrist was uncomfortable with this particular situation. And in a matter of time, in the course of time, the Antichrist destroyed that one world religious system. That is the harlot that was destroyed. And this was the mind of God. This was the mind of God because it was this one world religious system that was responsible for the deaths of so many of God's people during the tribulation era. So therefore she was destroyed. And also politically speaking, the one world religious system was destroyed by the antichrist because the antichrist would rise up in the latter half of the tribulation. Remember the tribulation is seven years. So it'd be the latter three and one half years. The antichrist would rise up and proclaim himself to be God. And therefore he will not allow any other gods to be worshiped. And we see that in the book of Daniel, as well as we see it also again in revelation 13. But now we're in chapter 18 and chapter 18 basically is a continuation of the destruction of Babylon, but it is the destruction of Babylon from an economic and political sense and also geographically as well. Okay. So let's get into chapter 18 and there's not a, a even though chapter 18 has a degree of length to it, it's not difficult to understand. The emphasis is on the wealth of Babylon. And basically that's it. The wealth of Babylon and how that Babylon will be destroyed completely and thoroughly by the mind of God. And this is the will of God completely and thoroughly because of all the evils that Babylon has done. Even from the beginning, we see that in Genesis concerning Nimrod, even from the beginning, all the way up until the end. Okay. We see this will be the destruction of Babylon. Not only that, let, let me, let me tell you guys about this. We see early, it, it basically, we see it in the, uh, in the prophets of basically Isaiah and Jeremiah. What happened was this. Let's go all the way back until Nebuchadnezzar. And this is basically like the center of it all. When Nebuchadnezzar, and this was by the hand of God now, Nebuchadnezzar came and destroyed Jerusalem. We know basically in 586, as well as the Jewish temple and enslaved many Jewish people. And we see that particular instance taking place long ago, long ago. And God prophesied through the prophets Isaiah 
as well as through Jeremiah and others. But we see that explicitly. We see a strong prophecy given. And I think that's based like Isaiah chapters 13, 14, Jeremiah chapters 50 and 51. We see the prophecy of the destruction of Babylon. But in that prophecy that these guys made, Isaiah, Jeremiah, in, the, in their prophecies, they spoke that Babylon would be completely destroyed and never to be inhabited by man ever again. The total destruction of Babylon. However, when we look at the history of Babylon itself, Babylon was, has not and has never been totally destroyed. When, what happened? We know that Babylon was overcome by the Medes and the Persian. Remember Darius by the Medes and the Persian. And basically it was without great war of destruction that Babylon was destroyed. And we're not going to get into how Daniel was prophesying this, this member, the handwriting on the wall and how he was talking to the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar. Remember all of those issues. And basically he was killed on that night and Babylon was not so much as destroyed, but Babylon was overtaken by the Persian, by the Medes and the Persians. So, but the point that I'm making is, it was not destroyed at that time. And so we continue even on up until Alexander the Great and Babylon still was not destroyed then. As a matter of fact, Alexander the Great took uh, um, great comfort in Babylon. One, one of his great cities was in Babylon. It was not destroyed during his particular time. But to make a long story short, it was never destroyed completely, even to this day, because Babylon is in the region of what we call Southern Iraq. And now we have, we are now seeing, and this is 2021, we are now seeing a rebuilding of Babylon. This has been going on for quite some time. And even as early as in the nineties itself, we saw, um, uh, Saddam Hussein in his process of trying to restore Babylon. But of course he didn't do it. He didn't succeed. This would actually come about in the bringing of power through the antichrist when he comes to power. But the point that I'm making is according to scripture, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Babylon was never completely destroyed, which means that Babylon will be destroyed to totally sometime in the future. But in the meantime, the Antichrist will take Babylon as his economic city of power. And that's what we're going to see. There will be a transfer of the financial center of the world, the financial center of the world will be transferred over to Babylon. It is unbelievable. It will no longer, it would not be New York. It would not be in London. It will not be in Hong Kong. The financial world center will be in Babylon, literally Southern Iraq. And this would be, it would be the wealthiest place in the world. And this is all that revelation chapter 18 is talking about. And this Babylon that would be restored. This is the restored Babylon, Southern Iraq, richest center of the world, but also the political center of the antichrist. It will one day come under judgment and be completely destroyed 
and no man will live there ever again. And basically, this is the summarization of chapter 18 and what it's about. And so since I've kind of given this summary in such a way, uh, this should help allow me to make chapter 18, even though it is of some length, allow me without going into a lot of the details of the scriptures, because what the scriptures of 18 is simply doing is it is just simply emphasizing the point that Babylon is super wealthy. Babylon has been destroyed and Babylon's destruction comes rapidly. And the idea, and since I'm here, I might as well go ahead and tell you, we see this in Daniel. I believe that's in Daniel chapter uh, 11. I believe it is 11 and 12. The Antichrist has gone off to destroy the, destroy the remainder of the Jews in the Valley of Jezreel. In the Valley of Jezreel, he has gathered his armies. We saw that last thing talked about, I believe it was in Revelation chapter 16, but this also coincides with what is taught, talked about in Daniel 11 and 12. We're talking about the end times. So the Antichrist has gathered the armies of the world his armies to destroy the remainder of the Jews. And while he is going off to destroy the armies of the Jews, the enemies of the Antichrist, these are other nations, right? The enemies of the Antichrist will come and instantly destroy Babylon while the Antichrist is away. And therefore he has to receive word that while he is going to destroy the Jews in his final destruction, killing of the Jews, his city, his capital city, Babylon has been completely destroyed. So while he is off destroying the Jews, God will put it into the hearts of his enemies to completely destroy his capital city. So that's pretty much the idea of what's going on in Revelation 18. Oh, anyway, so without any further ado, allow me to go through these verses. And I think we should be able to do them pretty rapidly without a lot of commentary detail, since now I have given you guys the idea of what has taken place as a whole. After these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was illumined with his glory. And he cried out with a mighty voice saying, fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place of demons and a prison of every unclean spirit and a prison of every unclean and hateful bird. So let me talk about this part first. And I think this is important to understand. So we see an angel coming down from heaven with a great proclamation, an angel of great glory coming down with the pronouncement that Babylon, political Babylon, has fallen. The, the kingdom of the Antichrist has fallen, okay? His capital city. And notice he says, this is now when we talked about how Babylon is, will be uninhabited. No man will live in, and this will be emphasized again in the text. No man will live in that area anymore, but particularly it has become a place for demon spirits. Notice what it says, a dwelling place of demons, unclean spirits, unclean and every hateful bird. This is simply the language of demons. So once Babylon will be destroyed, during now, and I know we haven't gotten there yet, but we've talked about it in our discussion of the book of Revelation. Uh, 
But during the millennial kingdom, when Jesus returns and reigns on the earth for a thousand years, Babylon will be a place that will be held where the demons will be kept. In other words, the demons that are roaming free in the earth now, Satan and all of his demons, Babylon will be one of those places where these demon spirits will be kept for the duration of the millennial kingdom. Verse number three, for all the nations have drunk of the wine of the passion of her immorality and the kings of the earth have committed acts of immorality with her and the merchants of the earth have become rich by the wealth of her sensuality. So in completing that thought, it gives reasons for the destruction of Babylon. All the kings of the world. See, this lets us see how it has become the economic center, the financial center of the world from which all of the world governments do their business with. OK, and not only that, the idolatry that is based in uh, um comes stems from Babylon. Remember, even the Antichrist himself calls himself God. But even we can see as early as Genesis, the idolatry that comes out of Babylon. OK, so Babylon is being judged for this. And also we see now the introduction of the wealth of Babylon. Notice the rich and the wealth of Babylon. Verse number four. I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people so that you will not participate in her sins and receive her plagues for her sins have piled up as high as heaven and God has remembered her iniquities. Pay her back even as she has paid, give back to her double according to her deeds in the cup which she has mixed, mixed twice as much for her to the degree she, that she glorified herself and lived sensuously, luxuriously. To the same degree, give her torment and mourning, for she says in her heart, I sit as a queen. I am not a widow. I will never see mourning. For this reason, in one day, her plagues will come, pestilence and mourning and famine, and she will be burned up with fire, for the Lord God who judges her is strong. Okay, so verses four through eight, First thing that we see is God commanding his people to come out of Babylon. There will be saints of God in Babylon. And so God, before the destruction of Babylon come, like we kind of saw with Lot, <laughs> before the destruction of Babylon come, God tells his people to come out. And then we see that the destruction would be given to Babylon as Babylon has destroyed others, namely the people of God even namely the Jewish people. So both, there's God's people, both Jew and Gentile, but, it, but even particularly the Jews. God is going to pay Babylon back doubled. And so the torment she caused others would be caused to her. And we see God is also striking Babylon because of the pride of Babylon. She says, I'm a queen and I am not a widow. And this speaks of that she is great, full of wealth, full of power and material goods. And we're going to see that as we move along in the text. Okay. And so God is simply remembering Babylon's arrogance and her former deeds. And God is bringing about her destruction through other nations. And notice it says in verse number eight, that it would be burned up completely 
with fire. And that's important to see. And that's what we need to see about Babylon. It would be uninhabitable. The destruction would be in totality. Okay. Verse nine. And the kings of the earth who committed acts of immorality and live sensually with her will weep and lament over her when they see the smoke of her burning. Might as well. Let me just talk about that. When it talks about the acts of immorality, it speaks both of spiritual immorality. All right. And also it deals with the issue of economics. So it brings in both of these ideas, spiritual immorality. It means idolatry and worship of things, those, whatever is not God, that's what it's dealing with. Okay. And, um, it brings in the idea of these Kings. The re one of the reasons why they're involved is simply money, money. As we see, even now, what people, great men, great rulers, they do anything for money and material wealth. And because such great wealth is in Babylon and these people don't care for God, they have involved themselves. This is what it means by that immorality. They have involved themselves spiritually, financially with Babylon. And therefore they are going to be truly broken when they see Babylon is destroyed. Okay. So these kings, verse number 10, standing at a distance because of the fear of her torment, saying, Woe, woe, the great city, Babylon, the strong city, for in one hour your judgment has come. So now notice this. Okay, notice in verse number 8, it says, in one day. And then again in verse number 10, in one hour. What you have to see, and, and you'll see again in one hour, talked about later on in chapter 18. And all this is saying is, when the destruction of Babylon does come in the end, the ultimate destruction, it will be not only complete, but it will be swift. So Babylon will be destroyed by her enemies swiftly. There will be no chance for Babylon to, to really mount a worthy defense. Okay. And these people, these Kings, other rulers, governors and princes, and whatever you want to call it, the names that we have for people in power today, they will, uh, because they will see the destruction of Babylon, they're going to stand off. They don't want to be involved in that because you want to die if you're over there. So they're going to lament because of the lack of uh, 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 the destruction of wealth that is going to, they were rich. They were made rich because of the trading. We'll see that later. And this is the emphasis. So allow me, and I'm doing the very thing that I said I didn't want to do, get into all of the details. But the point is they are seeing the destruction and they have been made wealthy because of uh, uh, trade with Babylon. She's the center of the financial power of the world. And now that it's destroyed, their means of wealth is destroyed. Okay. And so it's all gone. The way of life that they had now gotten used to is destroyed. And this is what we're seeing now and continuing. Um, 11 and the merchants of the earth weep and mourn over her because no one buys their cargoes anymore. Cargoes of gold and silver and precious stones, pearls and fine linen, pearl, purple, silk and scarlet of every kind of citron wood of every article of ivory, 
Every article made from very costly wood and bronze and iron and marble and cinnamon and spice and incense and perfume and frankincense and wine and olive oil and fine flour and wheat and cattle and sheep and cargoes of horses and chariots and slaves and human lives. Okay. So now the only thing that I'm going to say about this particular section is, and this is what I've been saying all along. Babylon is the world economic center. It's the financial center of the world. And all of these verses simply letting you see all of the different types of trading that's going on here. Everything is going on in Babylon. And it's, it's, it's not unbelievable, but I mean, it's astounding that, but now nothing new about this. World financial powers have been shifting as the world has always been from one place to another. And finally it will shift back as it once was in Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, it will shift back once again in the last days to Babylon of the Antichrist. And basically we see they got everything. They have everything over there. And it's all types of lucrative trade going on. And so basically you can understand, you can see why the merchants, you know, the new Wall Street won't be in Wall Street in New York. The new Wall Street is going to be in Babylon because that's where the happening is. And so now all of this is destroyed. And uh, now you see these people of financial wealth, they're just lamenting why the money, the money tree is gone. OK, so to speak. But now what I want to say is this. Notice at the very end of verse number 13, slaves and human lives. The Greek says the souls of men. We see, see, a lot of people don't, they can't believe it. They think that as time goes by, slavery will be actually removed. But actually, even today, we see a return of slavery. So here we will see slavery on a grand scale and slavery not, on, not just in the hidden uh, uh, back streets of the world, if you let me, the annals of the world. But slavery will be on the world market again. It is almost unbelievable that the slave trade will be reinvigorated once again. That's a sad point, but it's also something interesting to note. Slavery will be revived. Okay, let's continue. The fruit of you, uh, uh, the fruit you long has gone from you and all things that were luxurious and splendid have passed away from you and men will no longer find them. The merchant of these things who became rich from her will stand at a distance because of the fear of her torment, weeping and mourning, saying, whoa, whoa, the great city, she who was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls. For in one hour, such great wealth has been laid waste and every shipmaster and every passenger and sailor and as many as make their living by the sea stood at a distance and were crying out as they saw the smoke of a burning saying, what city is like the great city? And they threw dust on their heads and they were crying out, weeping and mourning saying, Woe, woe, the great city in which all who had ships at sea became rich by her wealth. For in one hour she has been laid waste. So what we see in finality is 
the the morning notice the merchants you know people stuff that you get by land and then we finally bring out the merchants the sailors of the sea stuff that you get by the sea so trade whether by land or trade by sea so the wealth and the traffic of trade and that's what we see in all manner the traffic of trade that is done in babylon is immense and that trade has been completely laid waste and what we see see is those people who were enriched by this are now mourning merchants and now sellers of the sea and once again notice again it says for in one hour in verse number 19 so again it talks about the immediacy so when the destruction comes it's quick and everybody is running fleeing out of the city and all you can do for the most part is just stand back and watch the destruction in babylon verse 20 rejoice over her o heaven and you saints and apostles and prophets because god has pronounced judgment for you against her then a strong angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea saying so will babylon the great city be thrown down with violence and will not be found any longer. And the sound of harpists and music. I tell you what, let me stop there and talk about that. So in the destruction, verses 20 and 21, of Babylon, God says, for the saints of God, saints and apostles and prophets, that means God's people throughout all times, to rejoice because Babylon from the time of Genesis to the time of Nebuchadnezzar to the time of the Antichrist has always been a wicked, idolatrous place that has been responsible for the death and hurt of God's people. So therefore, we now have the final vindication for God's people, vindication for God's people throughout all times. So it is a time when we see this wicked, rich city destroyed. It is a time for us to rejoice okay because this final vindication has come and then we see this angel taking a great millstone and you guys look up what a millstone is a grinding stone and he threw it into the sea and this is symbolic for the destruction of babylon as the stone goes to the sea and cannot rise therefore babylon will be destroyed and never rise again remember what i said earlier as we talked about this introduction that Babylon, even from the times uh, of uh, Nebuchadnezzar, that's the point that we started from, it was never destroyed, never destroyed, but it will be destroyed. And this takes us back to the prophecy of Jeremiah, chapters 15 and 51, explicitly in chapter 51, when Jeremiah sent a messenger to go to the, to take the prophecy of Babylon's destruction tied to a stone, throw the stone into the Euphrates. And the idea is the prophecy of destruction concerning Babylon as the stone is cast into the waters of the Euphrates and cannot rise, Babylon will be so destroyed it will never rise again. So we see the same thing done by an angel here in Revelation saying that the prophet of Isaiah, the prophecy of Isaiah and Jeremiah, particularly concerning the destruction of Babylon, complete 
will now be fulfilled in the time of the Antichrist. So that's the point. When, it, when the Antichrist Babylon political, political city is destroyed, this will fulfill the prophecy of Jeremiah. Okay, so now let's finish it. And the sound of harpists and music, musicians and flute players and trumpeters will not be heard in you any longer. And no craftsman of any kind will be found in you any longer. And the sound of a meal will not be heard in you any longer. And the light of a lamp will not shine in you any longer. And the voice of the bridegroom and bride will not be heard in you any longer. For your merchants were the great men of the earth, because all the nations were deceived by your sorcery, and in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all who have been slain on the earth. Okay, so he ends and says, when he talks about the harpers and the musicians, in other words, see, see, as Babylon was a city of great wealth, you can imagine that life in Babylon was good. People enjoyed themselves, good times. People wanted to go to Babylon. It was a place for tourism. It was just a place of just wonder and everybody loved it. And that's basically the idea that he's saying here, that this wonderful life, the enjoyment of everything that people had at this time and all, oh, it's just so great. It's just so great in Babylon. God has brought that to an end, and that's what he's talking about. And the craftsmen, you know, so the build, so you can imagine a place that flourishes with wealth. It's just, it's just great. It's just, if you looked at it, it would just simply be a wonderful, great place to live. People are just enjoying life. God has brought that mess to an end quickly. And that's what it means in one hour. Okay. And the light of a lamp with no shine in you. And this is again, total destruction, everything. The bridegroom, the life of mirth and myrrh and all of these types of stuff like this enjoyment of life has been completely destroyed. He emphasizes again, trading activity, the merchants and great men trading activity has been brought to an end. And it's because why they the nations that is the Gentile nations were deceived with their sorcery not only the claim of the antichrist to be God, but the ancient idolatries of Babylon. Remember, Babylon was full of idolatry. The, uh, uh, we talked about that with the, the idolatry in the Old Testament under Nebuchadnezzar. It was full of idolatries. So therefore, all of the ancient idolatries from the idolatries of Nimrod and his false temple and worshiping of the heavenlies unto the idolatries of Nebuchadnezzar to the idolatries of the Antichrist. The ancient idolatries have now been eradicated completely, okay, by their sorcery. And then it says at the very end of verse number 24, ultimately reason for the destruction of Babylon because in Babylon was found the blood of the prophets and the blood of the saints. Okay. So God is vindicating his people and therefore he is finally destroying wicked Babylon. Now with the destruction of Babylon, we move towards the destruction of the antichrist. We remember that it is the antichrist 
who is now gathered in the valley of Jezreel. He is gathered in, that is, in Bozrah, okay? In Bozrah, he's gathered in Bozrah, trying to destroy the Jewish people, the remaining part of the Jewish people to do that. And it is time preparation for the return of Jesus. So at the Antichrist, religious is destroyed, Revelation 17, his economic, political, and capital city, Revelation 18, has now been destroyed, and, and the Antichrist himself has gathered his armies of war to destroy the Jewish people. We are prepped for the return of Jesus, and we'll see that in Revelation chapter 19.